No, well, we have one triplex right now. It's a duplex with a third unit on the top that hasn't been used as a triplex. It's like, you know, uh, You're listening to The Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hello, Right Club Nation. This is Danielle Saint-Jean, one of the co-founders. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? What's The Rock? Well, it's the Right Club online community, a place where you can go to find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, and hours of videos with a wide range of real estate investing, training, and education, and much more. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, on with the podcast. Hey, Right Club Nation. I hope everybody is doing awesome. I'm Sarah Larby and I am here with Francois Lantier. How are you, buddy? I'm great. I'm glad to be co-hosting again with you this fall. It's amazing. A new season of investors and interviews and what a privilege to be involved. So how about you, Sarah? I'm really excited to have you as my co-host. You've brought some great, great guests today as well for our uh, podcast. I'm excited to bring them in. But uh, yeah, no, you know what? It's uh, it's no secret that uh, we like summer much, much better than winter. And uh, from May 2-4 to Labor Day, there is no podcast recording because we are out there, whether it's the cottage or you in New Brunswick. And, you know, we got to live a little and... Uh, enjoy life. And so not that podcasts are not enjoyable. I love doing them, but I'd rather do them when it's a little bit colder outside or the weather is not as great. Yes, I agree. And it's getting darker. So why not focus on good things that bring in value? So I'm excited about our guests today. I'm glad to introduce them to you and to the Right Club Nation as well. I thought they had some great value to add. And I'm sure you'll get lots from this interview. I learned a lot from them and I think I'm going to start applying some of those tips. So pay attention. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've got 25 plus years of experience, uh, Joe in construction, renovations, restoration, et cetera, et cetera. And, and also Angela, you know, has done this for a while and they've paired up together and, uh, and really scaled their portfolio. Now they're going through and uh, just really scaling using the joint venture strategy and, and a really cool twist on the joint venture strategy. So you're going to have to listen to it so that you can see how some of it can be very different than your typical JV setup. So if you haven't left a rating and review, please do so. And by the way, our meetings are resuming and we've got some in-person stuff coming up soon as well. So check out therightclub.com and check out all of our upcoming events. There is a ton of awesome stuff I'm excited about. But uh, today we are going to be doing this podcast. So let's bring in Angela and Joey. So welcome, Angela and Joey. I'm really excited to have you on today. We met in Moncton. So for those listening, you may know I moved to Moncton for six weeks and came back to Ottawa. Crazy adventure, but it was worth it. I got to meet Angela and Joey in person. And if you could introduce yourselves to our members, so give us like a 30,000 foot view of who you are, what you do, and where you're from. Uh, We are a couple. (laughs) We're full-time real estate investors. We live in Montreal, but I'm from New Brunswick. We have a seven-year, eight-year-old, he just turned eight over the weekend, 
and a dog. And that's a big view. Anything you'd like to add? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's us in a nutshell. That's it. Well, that's quick, but there is some element there. You really skipped something really important. And Sarah and I share this with you. You both quit your jobs a little while ago, and that's quite a bold move, especially with a, a kid and a dog. So could you tell us more about this? Well, Joey had already been working on our, we already had our, our stuff going. Like we'd been doing real estate investing since we met and I was doing it long before. So um, we both had full-time jobs. I was working at Ramstad for almost 16 years. And um, I really thought I would retire there. I really loved it. I had, it's a great company actually. And I loved the people I worked with. And um, we did part, we did real estate part-time. We were managing Airbnbs and doing, we did a burr for ourselves and, you know, just very intuitively though, without ever getting education or listening to podcasts. And then one day uh, something happened at work and I didn't like it. And we had just sold a couple of buildings to be a little bit more calm in our lives because it was a, really a lot to manage with full-time jobs. We'd sold a couple, we sold a triplex downtown and uh, another house here in Montreal. And so we had some FU money. And when so something came up and I said, I'm just, I am just leaving. It's time for me to do something different. I've been doing this for so long. And truthfully, I was a little bit envious of Joey who was focusing on our properties. So he was doing renovations at one of our cottages and um, setting his own schedule. And it was really not was jealousy. super jealousy. easy. Was, jealousy is what led us down our path. There was some jealousy, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I did it and I knew right, I knew when I did it that it was the right thing to do. And I felt super confident that we would figure it out. Having some FU money in the bank really helped things. He wasn't really happy with the decision. He was like, uh, shouldn't we have a plan? <laughs> and I'm like, we're not gonna figure out a good plan while I'm working full time. I need to really figure this out. So we went all over the place. Like I fell deep into a rabbit hole of podcasts and listening to audiobooks on fast forward and went from one strategy to another to another until we found one that worked which was a JV partnership like what we do now is burrs with partners and um, figuring out the financing for all that and we launched our our business in March and by a month later, we had all the partners that we were hoping to get and a bunch of properties to renovate. And very cool. Very cool. So th there's obviously a lot of stuff to dissect. And I just want to take a, a step back because I don't, I don't know you, but I know Francois does. And I'm excited to learn a lot from, from the both of you today and, and hear a little bit more. So, so it sounds like you're currently doing JVs and you're doing burrs. But prior to that, you had some multifamily, some Airbnb, some cottages is what I'm, I'm hearing. Uh, so before the JV, did you have a main strategy or were you kind of just dabbling in a, a few different things? I bought my first duplex long before I met Joey and uh, I was house hacking and tiling myself. You know, I was 25 and I liked the idea of not paying someone else um, to pay down their mortgage. So if I was gonna pay, in fact, what happened was my roommate kicked me out. She wanted her <laughs> boyfriend to do it. So she kicked me out and I was like, okay, 
I'm not going to rent another place. I need to figure out how to buy a place. So I borrowed money from a couple of friends and uh, bought a duplex, renovated it, rented it, moved next door, did the same thing, took out the equity that I'd created to buy another place, convinced my parents to invest and we bought a duplex together in New Brunswick. And so that was in 2007, I would say, we bought our first duplex in New Brunswick. And then um, we met around that time and he comes from a background renovations and construction. He's been doing that for, he'd been doing that for a long time. So we moved in together and he started fixing up the place and he did really nice stuff. And then we had a son who liked skiing. We put him on skis at two. So we're like, we need a cottage near a ski hill so that we can do this every weekend. And I didn't want to spend the kind of money on a ski chalet. <laughs> like if we're going to spend that kind of money, you better have a lake so that we can use it all year right. round. And so we put a heck of a lot more effort into finding one that met that criteria close to a mountain on a lake. It was really hard to find one that we liked, but we found it, but it wasn't what we initially we were looking for a turnkey one that didn't require any work. And in the end, we, we bought a project. That's right. Because at that time <laughs> we had a young child and he was always working on our primary residence. So, you know, he replaced the driveway with Unistone and built a nice fence and built a shed with cedar shingles. And so he was always working on the place. Then it turned into always working on the cottage. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right, Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely, and they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between. They handled everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life, but when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. So, so it sounds like you've got, you know, some properties in Montreal, some properties out east uh, where Francois also invests. That's awesome. So let, let's, before we fast forward into the whole JV route, I obviously love interviewing couples and just seeing, you know, who does what and how they, they split tasks. And like, you know, Francois and Jennifer, for example, like they're a power couple. One compliments the other in a certain way. Just curious from from you, Joey, you know, like how are you guys now that you're both doing this full time, maybe just working together without, uh, it's hard. It's, I mean, I'm assuming it's hard to work with your, your spouse, but maybe for you guys it's not, but how are you splitting the task and how are you dividing all of that and what it is that you each do? So, well, typically I, I will take care of renovations and planning for those renovations. And I mean, we're working hand in hand in just about everything we're doing. But, you know, I can, I can see a place pretty quickly and know how much we're going to spend um, without getting into too many details. So, you know, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really involved in the acquisitions and um, project management. 
and Angela is more involved with the financing and and uh, you know I have a background in dealing with contractors I used to work in facilities so you know initially that was going to be the plan for me to take on as well but because Angela is managing the budgets it's also making sense for her to be involved in that and she has a bit more of a design eye than I do like I have the things that she likes and she has the things that she likes but uh, you know it makes more sense for her to be a bit more involved in that so we're you know we're we're blending back and forth but generally renovations and money we don't have super clear lanes yet <laughs> that's okay and i mean that's how it, it becomes interesting so jennifer and i is the same thing we're kind of yeah somebody has to decide at some point but it sometimes it's a take give and take so also with a kid so this summer thanks to all this freedom and this real estate you did something quite interesting i don't know if you'd like to share how you spent your summer because that's something unusual and interesting. Well, I mean, since we can work from anywhere, we decided to go to Moncton for the summer. My parents are there, so we stayed with them. It was supposed to be kind of a vacation, but uh, we ended up picking up more properties. So what happened was we got there and realized that my parents need a different type of layout for their, their home. They were on board right away, so we got to house shopping for my parents. And in house shopping for my parents, found a triplex over by the university and uh, another triplex over downtown. And uh, we ended up moving, helping them move. It was a lot of work, actually, that whole, that whole process, and then picking up some new properties. Plus, we had renovations going on on two duplexes on High Street. That's cool. So you've got obviously a lot of projects on the go. And, uh, you know, now that you're, you're both doing this full time, you don't have a T4 job anymore. Is that how you got into the JV piece or were you starting to dabble in that before you left your job? No, never. It was never even a, a concept in my brain before I left my job. We, um, we did a, we did a bar on our cottage. I told you we sold a couple of properties. We bought a cottage with cash. We renovated it. We got a nice lease. We refinanced it, but we got blocked by the, by our debt to income ratio. So we ended up leaving some of the, the money in the property. And we were like, well, this is going to be a problem. How are we going to do this over and over again? Yeah, we had all these big plans on how we were going to scale everything. And we were starting this business and then all of a sudden we realized, oh, Okay, thanks aren't gonna let us keep doing this. <laughs> so we, uh, I, I heard a podcast, uh, Andrew Hines with Mandy Branham, and we must have listened to that five times before we were like, people are going to give us their money and we're gonna do the work. <laughs> so it took a while to, for us to really let that concept sink in and then it made sense and that's what we did. That's, that's awesome. So do you mind if I ask like how many joint ventures you have currently? Um, uh, I think 12 right now. Yeah. So 12 different partners or, or with some partners you have multiple properties or? Um, we have, hold no, on. No multiples yet. Well, but it's if just you can't about bring to happen. Oh, that's true. So it depends how you look at it. Okay. Twelve. We have twelve different partners, and um, we have a couple with one of the partners. Okay. 
I was, that's what I was going to say. And how do you mind sharing your structure? Is, are they corporations or it's the old fashioned JV? They're on title and you have a, like a side agreement, a JV agreement? Or Most of them are that, but we have a new partner and we're going the corporation route with him because he's out of country. And uh, we have, so we just formed a corporation and we just opened a corporate bank account for that corporation and we're doing everything that way. So we'll be refinancing that property with a commercial mortgage. So I just, I just want to like take a step back just because if someone is listening and hasn't done a JV, are you able to just like explain how each of them actually technically works? Like n not in so much detail, but I'm, I'm guessing like option one is, is it's either an active partner or there's a passive partner. It's 50, 50, they bring the money, they bring the financing, they're on title behind the scenes, you've got an agreement saying it's 50-50 or whatever. That's option one. Is that, is that about what you guys have? Okay. And then option two, are you able to explain how option two works? Option two, the commercial one? Yeah. Uh, so it's similar. We have a, a partner who is going to be both. So he has the money to purchase and do the renovation. And to step back a second, just about all, not maybe not all, but most of the partners right now, we didn't use their money for the initial purchase. We're using private money, hard money for the purchase. We're using the partner oh, okay. money for the renovations. And then we do the refinancing, get the private money paid first. And, and when we do the refinancing, so we're not, we're not requiring the partners to come up with the full purchase of the building for cash. And we're not even requiring them to come up with the financing for the purchase. We're financing the, the purchase with hard money and then, uh, private money. Uh, sorry, private money, and then um, doing the refinancing after that. So the partner really only has to come up with the, the renovation money. The oh, that's very money. different. Yeah, that, that is actually very different than most JVs because the fact that they don't have to come up with the finance. So you're essentially putting the property in a corporation then, and are you both on... 50-50 in that corporation, or are you then passing it off to them on the refi? How does like how does that play out? I don't know. We're all on title. Okay. Sorry. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sorry, Francois. I didn't mean to cut you out, but I just like I had a thought and I was just like, I, I'm just curious what the rest of the answer is. <laughs> yes, no, I agree. Me too. Because I do a lot of JVs and that's a very different way. Normally it would be exactly like Sarah described it. The partner comes in with the money, renovation money, they qualify for the mortgage. And then they qualify for the refinancing as well. And on the commercial side, same thing. Uh, if I do a corporation, just like you guys are doing, they come up with the money. Uh, we qualify for the mortgage because it's commercial. Really, it's the building that qualifies. Maybe our net worth. Sometimes you need a, a stronger net worth statement because you're buying a much larger building. So you need someone with a few millions in the bank somewhere. Uh, and then the refi, same thing. So the partners uh, help qualify on, on the new price. So uh, those are quite new, your JVs. Do you have a term? I usually have like a five-year term. Do you guys have some sort of expectations? or? We all want long-term buy and holds. So when we enter into the agreement, the, the goal is to hold it for as long as we want. So the term of the mortgage. Um, yeah, minimum the first the five years. We'd like that to be the minimum. Yeah. And then we can decide, have a discussion if we want to go further or sell it. But generally, the minimum requirement would be for the first term of the mortgage, the first five years.
And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Red Club Nation. We want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce you to a longtime supporter of the Right Club and many members of the Right Club Nation, Mr. Dylan Suter of Elevation Realty. Dylan, take it away. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We, as Elevation Realty, are the sponsor for the real estate slot at the Right Club, and we have been attending since the second Right Club. We are an investment-focused, high-volume real estate team serving the Golden Horseshoe from Oakville down to Niagara. If you are looking to increase your cash flows or you want to find an incredible opportunity, we deal with builders, we deal with off-market opportunities, as well as we are very creative and negotiate the best deal for even on-market opportunities. We've helped a number of clients with the right club, find flips, single-family rentals, duplex conversions, three- and four-unit renovations, all the way up to large residential buildings with high cash flow. A little bit about myself, if you haven't heard, personally, I've scaled over 300 doors in the last two years, which has given me a ton of experience in in analyzing all the deals that may come across my desk for you. So if you're interested in learning more, please reach out to us at 905-592-4220, or you can email us at admin at elevationrealty.ca. That is admin at E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N, realty.ca. And let's sit down and create your investment dream portfolio. Guys, and I have to say, I stand behind Elevation and Dylan. They found me. My last few properties have done an amazing job. 100% recommend them. So thank you for all your hard work. Now, back to the podcast. And now, back to the show. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's let's take a little bit of a pivot. I'm just curious when it comes to the renovations uh, and, uh, and you know what you look for and, and what you know the the renovations that you've done has uh, has worked out the best or brought the most value. Maybe Joey, if you want to answer that one. Yeah, well, we're looking for generally pretty run down places that require a lot of um, forest equity. Uh, so that's also uh, what helped inspire us to find private money for the purchase because the banks were a little bit reluctant to to lend on some of these places that you know had knobbed tube wiring or a bad foundation or a roof that was leaking so you know doing it with private money made it a lot faster a little bit quicker on our feet get the place get it renovated and um and then um you know uh, the partners could approve for their mortgage once it was all renovated you know but banks didn't you know, just humming and hawing when they see, you know, aluminum wiring or a knob and tube and stuff. And it's like, but, but we're going to do it. We're going to fix it right away. And it was a hard sell. So, yeah, um, we're looking for fixer uppers big time. That's where we're getting the most value. Are you uh, doing any conversions or are they mostly like already legal units that you're just fixing up? No, well, we have one. Uh, triplex right now it's a duplex with a third unit on the top that hasn't been used uh, as a triplex it's like you know a, a building from the early part of the century where there was a unit there but it didn't really have plumbing and it didn't really have you know a lot of that stuff that you would want to have today but it's been I don't know what they were using it for all these years it's but super it was cool. a super cool space that was clearly set up somebody was using it but just not set up to modern yeah, standards. Yeah maybe with an outhouse? So we're, we're happy that it's zoned to be uh, for a triplex. So all we have to do is bring it up to code and we'll have a triplex instead of a duplex. So. And we have another one right now that we're closing on soon. That's a, on Service New Brunswick, it's a triplex, but it's actually a fourplex. 
So when I called the city to see if it was zoned to be a fourplex, and he said, yes, actually, they took out a permit in 2005 to add the fourth unit, so it's totally legit. Well, so you're really seeing value where others are not. Like you mentioned, aluminum wiring, a lot of people would run away. Knob and tube, again, that's scary. Heating. Yeah, oil, yes, that's very common in New Brunswick, oil. So you see the oil tank and could be a big can of worms. And lenders, like you mentioned, a lot of lenders might say environmental phase one, phase two can get quite pricey and crazy. So uh, how are you doing for labor? Because I know New Brunswick, well, all of Canada, but New Brunswick had a major labor shortage to get all this work done. We've been really lucky, I think, because we haven't, uh, yeah, knocking on wood, so far we've found the people that we needed and we trust them and they're happy with us and we're happy with them and everything's going great. We have four teams going now, so. We're, so I have an unfair advantage in that I grew up there and I have 81st cousins. Oh my. <laughs> several in the trade. Now, one of our contractors actually grew up down the street, lives a few houses down from where I grew up. And one of his flooring guys bought the house, who's now my uncle, bought the house from my parents in the 90s. So it goes a long way. My, my plumbing guy, I went through grade school all the way through high school. The uh, HVAC guy too. So there's a lot of connections that ended up working really well for you. Because sometimes when you hire friends and family, that doesn't always work. But it sounds like based on what you guys are doing, location and the teams that you've got, so far so good, knock on wood. <laughs> I mean, they're good. They do good work. They have good reputations. So good, good. better. Awesome. So I have a question because you mentioned uh, private money, hard money that gets you, you know, at least the acquisition that a lot of lenders don't touch. How did you, you know, for somebody that's new, that's starting out and is, you know, potentially looking for that hard money or private money, like what are some things that you have done uh, to, to be able to acquire that and, and where did you go? Okay. So the, this is, I think, a good story, actually. So the first time we had to find some, it was out of necessity because you know, we learned a lot of things by making mistakes. So uh, at first we didn't necessarily know to make sure our JV partners uh, don't leave their jobs before we refinance, for example. Okay, so that happened. Um, now we insist that they use our mortgage person because in this particular case, where the first time we got private money, they wanted to use their mortgage person, but because they're in Quebec and most of our, our partners are actually in Quebec and Ontario. So their mortgage person didn't do properties in New Brunswick. So she had to refer the file to her colleague who totally went the bed and a week before closing admitted that he hadn't even submitted the file yet and we should go look elsewhere. So I looked for, Facebook groups that had invest, investor friendly Facebook groups. So I probably posted in all of them, the situation, we're closing in a week. I need money. Who has $175,000? I'll pay whatever you want. So I think I was offering 15 to 17%. I reached out to Matt Pichet. So by this point, I had been listening to a lot of podcasts. So I, I kind of had an idea of of what was possible. So I reached out to Matt Pichet, but he doesn't do, or at this time didn't do properties in New Brunswick. So um, somebody who we've ended up working with several times since reached out and said, 
I have money coming back today in Olympia Trust from a deal. It's just enough. It will cover the right amount. So my guardian angel, and then speaking with her more and more and more, realized that, well, she also became a partner on other deals, and she's lending on another deal that we have coming up. So we use the same, we have a few private lenders now that we've worked with that, that we're working with repeatedly. That is, a, that is a great story. Do you mind if I ask, like, on average, what the rate is uh, from a monthly, you know, interest and potentially points on, on you know, it, could, it doesn't have to be like one specific person, but just what you're seeing in general based on what you're borrowing what, and what's out there right now? So now we're not paying more than 12%. I'm looking for, well, I want to continue working with, with the lenders that we have because I love them, actually. But I would also love to find someone who does 10%. So we also look for 100% loan to value because we're looking for the entire purchase price to be covered by the, the private lender. And I'm guessing this is usually non-registered funds if they're going to go into first position, or is it? No, they're registered. It's with Olympia okay. Trust. Okay. So, I mean, sorry, I, I just meant registered as in like RSP or like a tax-free savings account or something. Because I think they're... They're both. They use both. So up to, up to 100% loan to value, because for some reason, and I don't know, like I, Francois or you guys can ju jump in, I thought you could only go up to 95% loan to value with RSPs, but I, I could be totally wrong. 100% you can nice. go. Okay. I do it all the time, but it is, it is, but you need the lender who's uh, allowing that. So the person lending it, most of them say no. So that's the problem. Most people go to 80, sometimes 90 but yeah, then you get some guardian, guardian angels. They're like, yeah, let's do a hundred. <laughs> no problem, which is perfect. So that's great. And how is that process? Because Olympia Trust, I just went through one this summer. Can be challenging. I mean, one week, how smoothly did that go? Because you need some good lawyers that are on their, like quick on their feet. And Well, our lawyer, he's the one who is recommended by real estate investors who use private funds. So um, in New Brunswick, <clears throat> he also, we used to work together in Montreal like 20 years ago and now he's a lawyer in New Brunswick. So somebody wow. recommended him to me and I was like, I know that name. And when we got on the phone the first time, I'm like, did you used to work in Montreal in a call center? I feel like you, you just happen to know everybody that's in the industry. <laughs> Well, in that are New Brunswick or Moncton related, let's say. Um, so, what question? I forget what the question was. Oh, just the the process. So you you have a lawyer that's got experience dealing with registered funds in New Brunswick. That is a rarity. So, and the process can be slow. Even in Ontario, I just went through one. I had to change lawyers halfway because it was taking forever. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, you need you need the right lawyer, right lender. Yeah. everything needs to line up so what's what's kind of the timeline how long does it take for a transaction well we so our process is we find the deal we get it under contract and then we figure out how we're going to pay for it so then we figure out who's going to be the lender and do we need a new lender and then we figure out who's going to be the partner to exit with refinancing so there's a, usually a little bit of time there for us to advise the lawyer and to kind of get it set up um, I haven't had an issue with with the timeline. I don't know how long it takes, but we haven't had any delays from that end. However, we also do private lending. We have our funds at Olympia Trust. <clears throat> and as a private lender, I found it to be really heavy when I was trying to lend to a, a friend that does investing here. 
and in the end it didn't go through like i had out of all the documents i had to fill out and we even went through the notary and in the end olympia trust didn't even get it put through in time so we had to go elsewhere hey i'm not surprised that's kind of what i mean it's 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 a great solution registered funds are awesome but be aware of timelines and yeah they could push back uh you never know there's different conditions that come out at the last minute so it's good to have a parachute like you guys did <laughs> mm -hmm. just, just a, a question trust? oh sorry go ahead community, community trust there needs to be more there needs to be some yeah well community trust because i had some stuff with them they're now moving everything over to olympia trust because they're out of that business so yeah. Oh. It's, uh, it's life. So it's, it's interesting. Um, but on a side note, I mean, obviously, you know, as real estate investors, we make mistakes or like stuff happens and it sounds like you've had, you know, a good amount of success, but what are some of the challenges that you've had along the way, or maybe some mistakes that uh, you could share that you've made with some investors, with our investors or listeners so that maybe they could avoid doing the same. The first big mistake was when we did the burr on the cottage thinking we were going to get all of our money back because the work, the, the appraisal came out perfectly for us to get everything back. And then we were blocked at how much they would give us. So, I mean, that's a $70,000 mistake. That's kind of a big one. Okay. Anything, anything else that you can think of? What about from Joey, from a construction standpoint or, yeah, you know, that, you know, our, one of the first deals we had going in Moncton, we, you know, we're working remotely. We ended up going to Moncton, but prior to going to Moncton, the, all of the planning stuff happened before we got to Moncton. So we didn't really do a detailed walkthrough with the contractor. We just sort of trusted his opinion. And uh, as soon as we got to Moncton, we realized that, you know, that all of the counters really needed to be changed. And there was a lot more work. He, his, you know, being a contractor who works in Moncton, because that street you know was less than desirable in his mind he was renovating it in terms of the current clientele our idea of renovating the place was to elevate the the property and bring it to a new clientele and so he didn't quite understand that and we didn't communicate maybe properly so i think what i learned from that was to really get into the detail walkthrough get the phone going let's look at every item and decide are we changing it are we not so more effort in the, the planning stages, I think, is something that, uh, you know, we made a bit of a misstep there because then we had to backtrack and we had to order stuff on the fly. And things didn't were, get to do windows. We didn't get to do the windows. You know, he didn't think that the windows were necessary because it was a crappy area and he didn't think that you should do that. But the windows really needed to be changed. So, you know, little, it was just, uh, it was hard to kind of backtrack in the renovation and we got it all done and it's working great and I'm pretty sure it's going to work perfectly with today the was the appraisal yeah we're waiting on the final numbers yeah that's um, great there are some mistakes that happened on the bank well things i would do differently like in having different bank accounts with all the different banks knowing how flexible they are with for example how much you can send in an e-transfer per day it's very frustrating when you can only send two thousand dollars a day and you have three different partner accounts, each needing to pay people. So that's a frustrate, you know, I wouldn't go with RBC for the next, for the next ones. Uh, insurance, you've like, insurance is not something to leave till the last minute, especially once you know, you know, at this point we know that this is gonna be a challenge. This is gonna, you know, aluminum, aluminum wiring, um, obviously knob and tube, that's kind of, uh, 
what we do now because of the greener homes program in Canada, we register our properties for those, um, what do you call, um, subvention? Uh, rebates. Rebates? Yes, yeah, there's quite a program in New Brunswick right now as well. Yeah, so we register those before we even take ownership of the property so that the timelines kind of work out so that we get rebates when we do the roof or the basement or the windows. Just things you learn, I guess, as you go. Excellent tips. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your experience and some of the ups and downs and things to look out for. So we're going to be... Uh, getting to our lightning round now. So I've never done the introduction. Sarah, you'll have to ask question number one because I don't know it. But we asked you a series of four questions. They're always the same. All our guests answer them. And then Sarah, if you could do uh, the honors of the question number one. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right, here we go. So I will ask Angela first and then Joey, you can answer afterwards. So here's question number one of the lightning round. What is the best advice that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Um, that's a good question. I settled on the answer, which is know your market, pick a market. And that's worked well for us. So you want to know exactly what a good deal looks like, what the average cost should be, for example. Um, and then you build your teams and everything gets easier and easier as you stick to one market instead of moving all over the place. Yeah, so that's a great advice. Joey, what about you? Uh, always go with three quotes. Never go with the first quote that you get. You need at least three. Yeah, that's so true. It can save you thousands and thousands or like a silly little detail that everybody overlooked. But the third person is like, whoa, you need to do this. And then it changes the project completely. Excellent advice. So question number two is, what is your favorite real estate investing resource? Could be a book, a person, a podcast, something. So Angela? For me, it's changed over time, but right now I would say, so we have this uh, real estate investing group in Montreal that we do every Wednesday. And I learn so much from that every week. So I would say right now, that's my go-to place. Like when we are sitting together and we have a challenge and we're trying to figure it out, we're like, we'll bring it to the group on Wednesday. That's my favorite resource right now. Excellent, yeah, networking is so important. Your net worth is your network. Uh, so Joey, what about you? What's your favorite resource for investing? Uh, right now for us, though, I don't use it as much as Angela does these days, but uh, Trello for project management. It's really, it's really great to have everybody involved and partners and friends and family, whatever, whatever you're doing with, with each project, it's really easy to give access to different people to see what's going on on different, on different projects. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at some point as you're scaling, a software option is definitely going to be key in ensuring that, you know, communication gets sent out, but as easily as possible, right? So like texting and, and coordinating, you know, without a software with multiple, multiple properties at some points, especially if you've got a bunch of construction projects on the go, it's definitely very difficult. So awesome. Oh, thanks. Absolutely. So question number three, Joey, we'll start with you on this one. What is the one attribute that has made you most successful? Um, attribute that's made me most successful. It's a hard one. I was going to say uh, my attention to detail, but at the same time, it can hinder <laughs> <laughs> our, our budgets. So I can, you know, I'm, I'm definitely one that likes to do everything that needs to get done. And that's not always in budget. So Angela's really good at reeling me in. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, but I'll stick with that. My attention to detail. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Angela, what about you? Um, I think, um, shoot, I would say time management skills, which involves like being able to prioritize, knowing what has to be done, um, being organized, delegating what can be delegated. So I would say that, uh, has helped me personally get here. Excellent answer. And then the fourth and last question. So what do you typically do on a Sunday morning? We'll start with Joey again. Sunday mornings, uh, usually sleeping in. That's, that's our sleep in day. What's, what's sleep in time? Um, I'd say nine, 10 o'clock, depending on the morning. Okay. All right. So you definitely are sleeping in with a, an eight-year-old boy. He doesn't wake you up? No, he's happy when we're sleeping in. He gets some extra phone time. He's a night owl also. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. Any, anything else you want to add to that, Angela? Well, I would say it's the one day of the week that we just don't rush. You know, every morning it's rushed to get out the door and get everything in, in place. And Sundays we can be in our pajamas and drink coffee and not rush. Watch that sounds nice. That sounds awesome. Well, on that note, Angela, Joey, you know, where can our listeners reach out if they wanted to find out more about you or connect with you? What, uh, where can they go? Angela at AngelaAndJoey.com or Joey at AngelaAndJoey.com on Facebook and AngelaAndJoey.rei on Instagram. All right. Very cool. We always ask this and you can end it as, you know, together or separate. Any final last words of advice for the Right Club Nation? Well, just do it. You've just got to do it. You'll make mistakes and you'll figure it out. And we see so many people waiting and waiting for the right perfect. It's never going to be perfect. Just freaking do it. Yeah, just do it. it. Yeah. That is awesome. Thanks very much, Joey, Angela. It was a pleasure getting to know you better. And, uh, and thanks for sharing all the wonderful information and insights with our community. Thanks for having me. It was us. nice to meet you, Sarah. Take care. Thank you. Bye. See you again. Bye, yeah. Francois. So, Sarah, what did you think about Joey and Angela's story? How, like, how inspiring? I mean, they both quit their jobs. And the FU money, I love that part. I wish I had that. <laughs> FU money is awesome. You always want to have some FU money because you never know when you are going to need to use it so that you don't need to rely on that J-O-B. But 
I really liked how they dissected, you know, some of the stuff that they've been doing, sharing some of the joint venture strategies and how they've, they've done that. But it's just also nice to see how they've been able to do it, you know, from Montreal, investing in Montreal, because it's a whole different market, uh, and also in New Brunswick out east. And so it's, it's just always awesome to, to interview different people from different parts of Canada. Yes. And what I liked as well, Angela's story, like all her friends and family from when she was a kid living in New Brunswick and then as a teenager and adult, and it all came together. So it really shows your network again, like, but a very different type of networking. Just to put it in perspective, the population of New Brunswick is smaller than the city of Ottawa. So 775,000 people. So It is big, but it's spread out. And I mean, as she said, 80 first cousins, that's a lot of people. You get to know the whole town <laughs> and it really helps, but they've put it together very nicely, taking advantage of rebates, um, all kinds of great tips and tricks. I hope people got good value out of this interview. I sure did. So I sure did as well. Right Club Nation. Thanks so much. Don't forget, tune in every single week. Friday mornings, we have new episodes. Until then, Francois, great to see you again and Right Club Nation, see you very soon. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.